Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Larry Stanley, who is a practicing dentist in Calgary, Canada. He has so many titles and accreditations, I cannot even say them all, but he's been in dentistry for 36 years. And not only do you practice, but you teach other dentists and their teams. Is that correct, Dr. Stanley? Yes, it is. Yes. So one of the things that I I learned about you is that, and this is in your own words, you teach things that are simply powerful and powerfully simple that changes how to meet, greet, treatment plan, and schedule patients. You teach them how to hire, train, and lead teams and how you market internally and externally because, and this is all from your very own words, success is all about relationships, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. The more I learn about you, Larry, the more I wonder if you have the same 24 hours in a day as I do, because I I know that you are a practicing practitioner. You specialize in orofacial pain and TNJ dysfunction. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's the bulk of what I do. That is the bulk of what you do, but you're also a coach. Yes. A writer. Yes. A blogger. Yes. You're in a podcast. A comedy podcast, yes. A recurring oh. character, a voice actor in a comedy podcast. Oh, no wow. shirt, no shoes, pants optional. <laughs> That's got to be hilarious. And 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 you're, you're fun. I just am excited to have you on our show today. You're also a dental speaker, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was kind of looking at your speaking site and a few of the testimonials that caught my mind, I wanted to share today. One says you're experienced and knowledgeable and you are gut bustingly funny all at the same time. So I love that. And how passionate your presentation was. You live it, you walk it, you talk it and you breathe it. So that's, that's awesome. And then that my other favorite one was that you're an incredible storyteller. So welcome. Did you always want to be a dentist, Larry? No, um, sort of. I, I guess as a child, I grew up, um, uh, I'm the youngest of, I'm the second youngest of 13 children. So we grew up in a household surrounded by lots of people, which is like the best thing for a kid. Uh, and I'm the only person in my whole family who's in the field of medicine in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't have uh, many relatives uh, in the extended family. Nobody else is in medicine except me. The next generation after me, yes. And so I uh, wanted to, uh, I said I wanted to be a doctor from the time I was a little kid. And then my father passed away right when I finished high school. And uh, we, he was young. He was only 57 and had a heart attack and left behind a debt where it was so big that we lost everything. We lost our house and our cars and we had to move from a big house to a small apartment. Uh, it was a tough time. And my mom, who hadn't worked in 40 years, now has to work. And I was thinking of quitting school to support her. But I was the one in my family who had the marks and the goals and the dream and the ability to realize that dream that my family says, no, you got to stay in school. And so I did. And and um, at the time, the Ontario government, I was born and reared in Toronto, uh, had bursaries and in, in 
scholarship programs and 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 stuff that allowed me to get through a degree. And the first couple of years were tough. And so my marks just weren't up to snuff, but the last year or two it was, but I didn't get in. So I decided if I got out and tried to apply as a mature student, I'm never going to go back to school. Uh, that's just my personality. So I stayed in and I did a master's. I did research in cystic fibrosis. And my marks were so good in the last year or two of my Bachelor of Science that I got a National Foundation of Canada scholarship. There's only 12 given across the country. I got one of them. That got me in. But I, not knowing what's next, I decided, well, you know, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. So I applied to dental school. And I applied to medical school and I applied to teacher's college. And then I got into all three. So I had the two. And this is the uh, early 1980s. And there was a TV show on called St. Elsewhere. It's a fictional drama that took place in a, in a hospital in Boston. And at the end of the first season, the Canadian comic Howie Mandel um, was playing an intern. And one of the interns in the second last episode had taken their life. The, the stress of it all was too difficult. And in the last episode, they're all sitting around mourning their colleague, excited about what's coming next because they'd finished their internship. And one of them said, you know, a whole year of our lives went by and all we did was eat and sleep and work. And that was my aha moment. So I said, I never want a year in my life to go by and say that that's all I did. Because when I was an undergrad, I was a rock radio DJ and I was the entertainment editor of a newsletter and I was in sports and I played baseball. I did all these things. I didn't want a year of my life to go and all I did was eat and sleep and work. So I chose dentistry and I've never regretted that choice. 36 years later, I still work full time because I love what I do. It's not because I have to do it. I love it. What, what else am I going to do that's going to earn me this kind of income and the freedom to be a leader, to to continue to learn, to grow, um, to to be my own boss, to take time off when I want to take time off to for holidays for my family and for me. It just it, dentistry is a profession that gives me everything in life that I want, and it's been just great. So here I am. That's great. I love that. I, you know, I was just thinking about as you were talking, all of the, all of the gifts that you've been given in your life, you, you have so many gifts and you do so many things. And, you know, one of the things that I, I thought about, I mean, obviously you have a really caring heart wanting to quit school and take care of your mom, but, and you're passionate about dentistry to the point of at what point in your dental career did you decide you wanted to teach others? Well, that's that's easy as well. It was 2001. Um, I was uh, attending the American Academy of Cosmetic, Cosmetic Dentistry, the AACD's convention in Boston. And I had attended conventions in Canada prior to this. And they often would have a keynote speaker at the beginning of the convention that almost nobody tends to go see. And then they have all the continuing education lectures and stuff like that. But this one was different. The AACD convention uh, was a big one. There were 6,000 people in attendance, dentists, team members, all. It was a big deal. And every morning they had a keynote speaker. And it was always non-clinical dentistry. It was, it, it, it was non-dentistry topics. And the very first time, the very first day, there's 6,000 of us in the auditorium. And suddenly the lights go out. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. A spotlight goes on the stage. And out from the side of the stage comes this quadriplegic in a motorized wheelchair. And he ends up right in the spotlight. 
And it was a guy named W. Mitchell. And he told the improbable story of how he was in a fiery um, motorcycle accident, burned 90% of his body, became a, a, a paraplegic, and he recovered and he thrived. He um, he retrained. He became a, a pilot. And now he's flying a plane and it crashed. Now he's got 95% burns to his body. He's now a quadriplegic. And it's just this incredible story of resilience, of overcoming unbelievable obstacles to become something more. And just with the power of his voice, he had us all captivated for about 45 minutes. The lights came on, everyone, you know, standing ovation. And they all go off to their, to their various lectures. And I sat there and I said, wow, one day I want to do that. And then I went back to Calgary and I'm running my practice and I'm busy. I got a young family and the two daughters and my wife and all and, and things go on. And then Paul Homily came through Calgary a few years back and he, amongst other things, he's got some great books and trains Denison on systems, but he also trains people on how to be speakers. And he came through Calgary to an orthodontic study club session and he spent the morning talking about how to be a speaker. And you know the, the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, I think I was finally ready to pick up the mantle and want to do what I said I wanted to do back in 2001. And, and so I thought, okay, now I wanted to be a speaker. What am I going to talk about? And I know that I'm not affiliated with the university. And, and, and although I'm an expert in a couple of areas and I'm very proud of what I know, I also know that Dennis can be very critical of our colleagues and I and I go to lectures and I'm hearing colleagues just criticize the person speaking and I thought I never want to be in that position so what am I going to talk about and I had my first business coach because I've always believed that we need to have coaches life coaches business coaches whatever if we want to propel our lives forwards and my first business coach heard about my practice how it was doing well but I wasn't growing and he taught me communication systems, personality testing that changed everything that I did. And that's when I realized that relationships and storytelling and systems done consistently can transform practices. So I decided that's what I wanted to talk about. And that's what I do now. That's great. You know, I, I think it's a step-by-step -step process, right? You have to figure it out. You find, First, you have the passion, you have the love of what you do, and then you kind of just step-by-step -step till you get to where you are today. And I love that you teach this those things to practices. Tell me a little bit about some of those top, those key things that you would teach a practice, especially when it comes to relationships, relationships not only with patients, but relationships that the dentist would have with their their staff and their team, right? Yeah. Well, I've got um, lots that I could share with you on, on that particular. So I'm, I'm thank you for asking. You know, we've got um, three primary issues that we have to deal with. We have to deal with patients who um, uh, don't uh, pay their bills, uh, don't schedule the next treatments, don't refer other people. Uh, and we want to have patients who are happy with us who accept our treatment plans, who pay their bills, stay in the practice, schedule the next appointment and refer their family and friends, what we call pay, stay, repeat and refer. We've got an issue of team members. We, you know, COVID was the great reset button and people realized that they needed to make changes in their lives. And a lot of people 
have left the profession in every aspect, dentists, hygienists, assistants, admin, and some of our colleagues are struggling there with their practices because they can't find the people to fill the positions. So we need systems that allow us to find the right person, hire them, train them to the systems that you, we use in our own specific practices because every practice is different and keep them. I've got two women who've worked with me. We've been working together for 29 years. I've got another admin person who's been with me for 16 years. I've got a, a second hygienist who's been with me for 17 years. And it's not by coincidence, it's by design. People stay because I've learned these systems and I've applied them consistently. And then marketing. I know our colleagues, some of our colleagues spend thousands of dollars every month on search engine optimization, on billboard ads, on all kinds of other advertising. They're not measuring the responses and they're not getting a return on their investment. And I don't think it's necessary. I really like systems that are free or low cost that are effective. And that's what I teach as well, because it's all about relationship-based systems. So when it comes to team members, when you interview, you want to ask yourself, does this person have the right attitude? Do they like dentistry? You know, so ask them why did they get into dentistry? Because that's a good clue as to what's going on. What was their motivation? And ask yourself as you're interviewing this person, would I want to share a meal with this? Would I go out for lunch with them? Um, you know, I'm not asking would I date this person because you don't want to date your employees. But you know, would you do you like them enough that you would you're going to spend hours at every day with them would you know do you like them enough for that and then once you do that then you want to do um personality testing and i like the discovery insights system uh, in the us the most popular system is called disc disc and i've taken that disc training three times and it's just not intuitive i still don't remember what disc it stands for <laughs> it's a great system it's powerful it's accurate it works but it's not intuitive and i don't remember it so there's another system that comes out of Scotland called the Discovery Insights System that utilizes stuff that was um, groundwork stuff that was created was initially done by Hippocrates 2,500 years ago, and oh. then refined by Carl Jung 100 years ago, and William Marsden as well. And we divide the personalities into four colors. And if we've got time, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, that could be another podcast together. Um, and then knowing people's color energies because we're not just one thing we're all things but we tend to lead with one kind of strength and by knowing that then we can customize how we deal with our team members i mean um richard branson said success doesn't start with our customers it's how you treat your employees that determines the success of your company so really, we have to start with taking care of our team, because if we take care of our team, then our team are well taken care of and comfortable and happy, and they'll take care of our patients. And if our team takes care of our patients, then our patients pay, stay, repeat, and refer, and then the practice becomes more profitable. And that makes us happy so that we can then take care of our teams. It's a circle, but it starts with taking care of the team, not making the patients, the customers, um, right. Um, it's about the team first. And uh, and the customers aren't always right. 
but they are always the customer. So the patients aren't always right, but they are always our patients. Yeah. We yeah. need to pay attention to that. And Paul Homily also taught, taught me that we have two roles we need to play in our practice. We need to play the role of provider. And that's when we do our dentistry. That's when we actually create revenue and allow us to do with the income to all the things that we get to do every day. But we can't play the role of provider until we first play the role of being the advocate. And that's where we play the role of being the supporter for our patient by understanding them as patients, where they are, and what their needs are, not what uh, what we want for them, but what they need and what for themselves. And it, this, the clearer we make our role as advocates to the patient, the sooner they're going to trust us and allow us to become the provider. So we really need to understand we've got two different roles that we play, provider and advocate, but we have to play the role of advocate first, or we'll never get to play the role of being provider. We'll see a person once and they'll leave our practice. They'll go somewhere else because it's not the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself, because patients don't always want what we want for them. It's I like the diamond rule where we find out what it is that patients want and then find a way to give them what they uniquely desire. And there's only one way to find out what it is that they want, and that's by spending time with them, getting to know them as people, understanding um, uh, their their careers, their families, their hobbies, their motivations, as well as the dentistry. Um, and and I talk uh, about uh, when I do my lectures in my in-office training, I talk about what we call the golden 10, where if you get to know eight to 10 things about a patient in front of you, that transforms the relationship from a professional one into a personal one. And then they trust you because now you're friends. Because the more you th the more you know about the patient in front of you, the more they think you know that what you're what they know about what you're doing so you know if i know something about my patient they think i know more about my dentistry and i don't know any more about my dentistry i'm not any better than the dentist who works next door but i've developed a relationship to the point where it doesn't matter what the dentist next door is doing what they're doing for advertising what they're doing marketing or what their signs look like or anything because i've got that relationship with that person and i've built that trust and that changes everything. I love that. I love that. That is such a great, I don't know, it just kind of comes from your heart and you can tell that that's who you are, Larry. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you do that. And, you know, I've, I've been, in, I've been to a lot of different dentists over the years and I can think of the ones that are just like, you know, get them through, get them in, get them out, go, go, go. And the ones who really do want to, you know, they want to get to know me as a person. They know about my family. Um, they know me if I run into them on the street. I had one dentist I was helping at a charity event one year over Christmas where I was wrapping gifts for, you know, just little for children who had been cancer patients. And my dentist showed up and he knew me and I didn't know this about him, but he had a daughter that had been a cancer patient and he was there to do this, you know, this thing. And I just thought, oh my gosh. And he took time out of his day just to spend with me, even though he was there for his daughter's event, he spent time talking to me and asking about my family. And I asked him back. I was interested to know 
you know, the experience his daughter had had. So it kind of goes both ways. I feel like, you know, patients want to get to know their dentist, who they are too. And that's how the relationship begins, isn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah. And yeah. it starts with the mindset. And you said, so let's talk about, so the marketing is your teams. Basically the teams are doing the marketing because they're taking care of the patients and then patients are saying, to their friends, I absolutely love my dentist. Is that how the market? Well, works? somewhat. I mean, um, there's internal marketing and there's external marketing. On the external side, uh, we want we we all have websites, um, but when patients are searching for a dentist, they're not just looking for the keywords. They're not looking for an implant dentist or a cosmetic dentist. They're usually the most common search for dentists is dentist near me. Yeah. And Google and Apple Maps and Bing and all these places where there's maps all have an ability to have your practice on their map for free. You got to get your business on the map. And if you do that, then you'll pop up. If you're, if they're, if the person searching, if your practice is near where they're searching from, you're going to pop up. Doesn't matter how much money you've spent on search engine optimization and what words you have on your website. If you're physically close to them, you're going to show up. But then you've got to have on your website all the different things that are going to key into a person wanting to be part of you. So you've got to have the emotional part, the biographies that tell them about you as people and not just the dentist, but the team members as well, what their hobbies are, the things that they, things that they're willing to share about themselves and their families. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to divulge everything, but make it personal, make it, make it from the heart, um, um, have um, testimonials where it's allowed. Some states and some provinces don't allow you to have testimonials on your website and you've got to have that more externally. Um, uh, but do what you can um, uh, talk a little bit about the dentistry that you do, what you do do so that they, if they're looking for something specific, they'll know if you do implants or if you do Invisalign or if you do orthodontics or if you do root canals and all these kinds of things um they want they'll they're going to want to know that and have that on your website the website is the hub that allows people to see everything that you do and then the social media facebook instagram youtube um linkedin uh, uh all of these these uh places tiktok i'm not a personal fan of tiktok but but it's out there it's free to join these things. It's free to set up um, your practice on these sites. You want it to look professional. And I hired, uh, in my case, my social practice, uh, uh, MSP, they're phenomenal. And they helped me create a professional looking Facebook page and Instagram and, and, and all that stuff. And, and so that that's great. But beyond that, you know, then we got to post and don't make all your posts about dentistry because that's boring and patients aren't going to engage with that. There's all these months between patient visits that we want to keep our patients engaged with us on a personal level. So you want to post about 
what charities you're supporting. Um, you want to post about what social events you've been to, what books you're reading, what movies you've been to. Have you been to the theater? Um, do you like to ski or run or, or bicycle or just stuff that people will connect to you as people? And and those are the kinds of things. I, I went on a date with my wife we went to see the the latest um uh marvel movie at, uh, and uh, guardians of the galaxy 3 and i had like 82 comments it's you know it's just uh, <laughs> it had nothing to do with dentistry but i had all these patients engaged with me and they'll come into the practice for their next checkup and we're talking about it and stuff like that and they're sending their friends who are fans of guardians of the galaxy too it's just it's just it's those those nebulous things that don't cost a lot of money and you get your team involved in that and what they're doing. And, and, and we, uh, my practice is in a neighborhood called Wildwood and the Wildwood community association has a regular things at the community center. That's charitable focus. And we'll always have a table there to participate in the charity and be a part of the community. And they love that. It's not about the dentistry. It's about the people. And if you make it about the people, then the dentistry follows. So, so, you know, and then the internal marketing so they so internal external is really website social media and you don't have to spend a lot of money on it but boy it's effective well it is especially with social media the way it is today so it yeah. sounds like you do you do your own posts then for your social media it sounds like or do you um, share the load with some other individuals in your organization so one of my team members, a dental assistant, she's young. She's really great with regards to um, Instagram and TikTok and stuff. So she does some of the videos that she's posted on there because she likes it. Um, I uh, uh, I've posted stuff myself, and and sometimes we'll get I'll get my team members to uh, send me pictures or whatever, and then I'll throw it up on Facebook or or Instagram. And those are my two favorites. And every so often we'll do something that a video, and that we'll put it up on YouTube. YouTube, in addition to say Instagram, so it's in multiple places. Um, uh, Twitter as well, even though there's things uh, falling out with regards to Twitter and its its uh, its credibility um, with the current owner. Uh, but I still post on Twitter because. Amazingly, I reach a different audience of patients on Twitter that I'm not reaching on Facebook or on Instagram. It's it's just that's the way it is. There's different people on different platforms, but I don't spend any more than a few minutes a week on it. It's not something I spend hours on every day. Um, so it doesn't take much, uh, but you need to do something consistently. Consistently and and personally, not necessarily yes. always about dentistry. I remember I used to a dentist I went to. She would send out a newsletter every month, and I looked forward to her newsletters more than any other newsletter because she would always share stories or things that she was you know dealing with in her own life. Or I remember one time she talked about her ninety year old grandfather who was still doing fifty push ups a day, or you know wow. just little things that you think. Wow, you know, and you can relate. So I think that's such great advice. That's great advice. Yes. So you actually go into teams and you actually help them. You kind of personalize, you know, you probably just take an overall look at what they're doing currently. And then you personalize a plan for them to help them become more personable with their patients. That's what I'm understanding that you do. So 
Yes. Um, I, I do a couple of things. One, uh, one of the things that I do is I've got one, two or three hour half day type lectures that I'll go to study clubs and, t- and, and invite teams, uh, uh, dentists and their whole teams. And we'll go through the systems that I talk about and the, the discovery insights, personality, color wheel, and how we apply the, per- the, the, the different personalities in marketing in uh, treatment planning, scheduling in, uh, hiring, training, leading teams, um, and and creating systems in a broad and general sense, and there or I can go um, travel to uh, a, a location, uh, a city or a town, and ha- and meet with anywhere up to five different dental offices to reduce the costs. Um, and then I'll customize it and we'll actually have every team member, the dentist and every team member, admin, assistants and hygienists uh, go through the Discovery Insights personality testing. So we understand their specific personality roles and then we design systems, marketing uh, as well as in-office systems that are keyed to the strengths of the individuals who are currently in that practice, uh, as well as troubleshooting. How do you deal with problems? How do you onboard new employees? Because you really wanna try and keep your team members Changing team members in the first month alone, we'll see, uh, and this comes from Roger Levin and the Levin Group, you'll see um, three times that monthly salary and a drop in the practice productivity. So you're losing income every time you have to change team members. So invest in your team members uh, in the time and everything else. And so we go through the systems that it, that that uh, I recommend. And if you employ it, if you apply these systems, Whatever you spend on bringing me to your office, you'll earn 10 times that in the first year in an increased productivity. And as the practice grows, you get to a point where you're not quite at the level of productivity where you can afford to hire another team member. Because I'm also really big on watching how much you're spending. Because I don't like spending a lot of money and we spend too much often and you want to keep the overhead low. But as the busyness of the practice grows, you're not quite at the point where you can bring in another person, but you need help. And that's where companies like eAssist comes in. You can outsource stuff that isn't necessarily relationship-based, but actually does work out that way because you've got... um, Dental billing, you've got um, patient billing systems, you've got collection systems. This is all stuff that an admin person takes time when they could be interacting with the patients on a personal level instead of sitting at the computer doing all this other stuff. Outsource, delegate it to ESS, let them do it. They do it efficiently for way less money than you're paying your team members. And that'll allow your practice to grow. And then you get to the point where the practice is profitable enough that you can afford to bring in another team member and continue that growth. Yeah, that's um, You know, I sold my, I was a solo practitioner for 25 years and I was so busy with my oral facial pain consulting and my general practice. And now I'm starting the speaking career. I'm working 70 hours a week. It's just, it was nuts. So I sold my general practice so I can cut back my hours. And unfortunately, the guy who bought my practice, he and I didn't get along. So he asked me to leave. And so I joined 
um, a dental, a DSO, and they, they, they've got 18 clinics in the Calgary area. And I joined this one clinic. I'm now, I joined, I joined one other dentist. She was working three days a week, 3,000 square foot facility, seven ops, one dentist three days a week. That was five and a half years ago. Now we are three dentists, three hygienists. We're open six days a week. The systems work. And and uh, and we haven't spent a lot of money, so it's it's just it's exciting. It's it's fun, and and I I love the women I get to work with every day because I'm the only guy on the team. Uh, but uh, but it's just it's just the way it is. I've got three women at home, and I and I think uh, thirteen women at work, and it's just uh, life's good. If you're a yeah, life is good for you, Doctor Stanley. That's life's awesome. Good. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. And 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 I didn't pay you to talk about eAssist. Thank you for throwing eAssist in there. It's exactly what we do. We try to take the busy work away so that your team members can really focus on the patients. And and you are all about relationships. And I and I love that about you so much. So what is the best way? I'll let you share the best way if a dentist is listening right now and is thinking, I really would love for Dr. Stanley to come in or to come to my study club and to, you know, be a part of our organization. It sounds like that's a great start into, you know, implementing into like a community so that you can, you know, meet with several dentists at a time if they really would love that customization that you offer. So what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me, thank you, Jacqueline. And and the eAssist network has been really great and gracious and welcoming uh, speakers like me. So I'm happy to be a part of it, and and happy to be honest when I say eAssist is of benefit and provides a real benefit to our colleagues and our small business colleagues. Um, the best way to get a hold of me, uh, email drlarry, drlarry at drlarry.net. Um, uh, email me, let me know who you are, um, and then we can start a conversation about what it is you're looking for and customize things. And then if if it sounds like it's uh, it's a some Something that you're interested in, then we can talk about uh, what it would take, how much it would cost and and, and all that stuff, because it, it all depends on on what a person needs. Like I said, it's a, it's the diamond rule, finding out what it is that people need or want and then finding a way to, to, to give them what they uh, uh, uniquely desire. Um, if you want to learn more, a little bit more about what it is that I talk about and, and teach and stuff like that, um, the website is www.drlarryspeaks.ca or drlarryspeaks.com. D-R-L-A-R-R-Y-S-P-E-A-K-S, Dr. Larry Speaks. Those are the two ways to get, best way to get a hold of me. And then we can exchange phone numbers and, and other methods of, of communication and, and keep it open and honest and, and, and away we go. I have a lot of fun doing what I'm doing, and I hope uh, I look forward to working with uh, people down the road to make a real difference in their lives and in their careers. I love that. Well, I'm personally grateful you chose dentistry, Dr. Larry. I can't imagine you as a doctor all day long. Just, I mean, you would probably have the same heart and the same drive to have that relationship with patients, but. I feel like dentistry is the one place where you really do get a good home work-life balance and it 
gives you, you know, yeah, blessing. And the ideal career for me, um, I have been very blessed and very grateful. I love that. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We'll see you next time. And thank you, Dr. Larry, for being here. My pleasure. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.